What's up, guys? Welcome. Coming to you live from Farmington Hills, Michigan. Your host, David Chandra. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a great episode ahead of us. Our newest guest joins us through FaceTime from Cleveland, Ohio. A buddy of mine from podiatry school, Chris Smith. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm looking forward to what you have in store for us today. I know you're about to drop some great knowledge on all of us. So introduce yourself and let's get this, let's get it started. Hey, everybody. My name is Chris Smith. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad for what David's doing. This is this is an excellent thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. You know, it's it's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. So I know I got to know you a little bit more in the past year since we were in the same rotation group for our third year rotation. So I got to see you firsthand in the clinic and, you know, group seven represent got to. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing this past month during quarantine. I know you mentioned to me before that you were uh, kind of working at a private practice or and to share your experiences with that. Yeah, so I um, I was supposed to be in Houston, Texas this week or this month, um, and my externship got canceled due to the whole uh, coronavirus thing. So I um, got an email from a few docs here in Cleveland that were hosting a private practice um, for some of the Kent State students. And I loved the opportunity instead of just sitting at home, you know. So yeah. I uh, went there for the whole month, learned a lot, you know, got a lot of hands-on experience um, presenting patients, you know, the stuff that you need to get well-equipped with going into externships later on down the road. So um, it was a great experience. I learned a ton um, with some titans of the industry, you know, uh, yeah. Pratt, Rosante, and Clowardy, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's quite the trio. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was an excellent month. I, I have no complaints about it. Yeah. And anything I can do to pick their brains and their knowledge is, is happy with me. Definitely. I'm, I'm glad you got that opportunity. I'm glad you got to work with such wonderful doctors. So share with us a little bit about your ex, uh, any experience that you remember from this past month that kind of sticks out to you that you kind of want to uh, have in your own uh, repertoire when you go in the future and anything like that. Yeah, I think... I think one thing that I really liked about this month was when you're doing an in-office procedure or something with a patient, um, it's it's really nice to have a bond with them and tell them, you know, cons console them while something's going on. For instance, like a simple nail avulsion, you know, um, patients can get a little overwhelmed. You know, they don't really know what's coming, especially if they've never had it done before. You know, a little needle stick is nothing to us because we practice on each other and have to do it quite often. But to a patient, it's it's something that they don't really go through very often. So yeah. having that experience to be able to tell them it's going to be okay, you know, take deep breaths, yeah. don't <laughs> pass out, you know, yeah. um, being able to, to walk them through what's going to happen is, is something that I think, um, is something good to have as an aspiring physician going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's, that's a huge thing. And those, those docs that I was with, they're, they're great with patient interaction. So watching them interact with patients and then using their tips and tricks, you know, is, is awesome. Definitely. Yeah. And did you get a chance to do any of the procedures yourself or were you watching? Yeah. So we, we did a, Quite a few nail avulsions. We also did a in-office procedure with a dorsal exostectomy. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really great because obviously all the elective cases are closed. So we uh, did a opened her up and did a midfoot dorsal exostectomy off the medial cuneiform. And okay. Uh, it went really well, and um, 
videoed it. So yeah. it, it was really good, you know, and it's it's good. It was awesome. Definitely. And for those of you listeners who might not know what a nail avulsion is or what a dorsal exostectomy is, so nail avulsion is pretty much removing a part of your nail or your entire nail when you have an ingrown toenail. And most of you might know what that is. So you come into the office and you get your nail removed and it can be permanently removed or it can be temporarily removed depending on what the patient likes. And then exostectomy is when you're removing a part of a bone uh, wherever it's causing you pain. And like Chris said, it was on the top of your foot and in the middle region of your top of your foot. So I know how you talked about that patient interaction. So how is that? You know, most of us as students, we don't really understand what we need to do, what we need to say to patients and how we need to say it to them. But, you know, we always envision a doctor talking to us because we're always the one on the table, uh, on the chair, listening to them and them telling us to kind of calm down and settle down. And, you know, you'll be you'll be in good hands. So tell us a little bit about what you learned about how to, you know, work with a patient, talk to a patient and treat a patient. Yeah. So I think something that we so we get a lot of experience as students, you know, taking a history and doing a physical exam. But something we don't really get a lot of experience with is talking about a treatment plan mm -hmm. and coming up with what's going to happen after you diagnose a patient with something. Um, so being with the with attendings that are willing to help you out with that aspect and you being able to formulate that treatment plan is something really great. For instance, you know, if, if you're at a clinic or, or something and you come up, you present the patient and the attending says, well, what do you want to do after the, what do you want to do for this patient? Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge, a huge trust with the attending and the student, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I really like that, um, cause it's, it's going to benefit you in the long run if you want to be in private practice or even in, in a hospital setting, cause that's, that's what you're going to do. So definitely. Do you envision yourself working in a private practice? What are your plans like after you graduate and after residency? I think my overall goal would be to be in a private practice. Um, I'm kind of up in the air. I, I like the idea of private practice. I like of owning my own business and um, formulating the way I want to practice, the way I want to do it. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of open to anything. I like the idea of having trauma in my life too. So I think maybe being on a hospital staff with you know, rotating, being on call for like one day, one week mm -hmm. out of every two or three months, you know, I think that's a, it's pretty ideal. Yeah. Um, plus it keeps your mind fresh, you know? Mm -hmm. So the trauma that you're going to see in the hospital could be the trauma that you're also going to see in your private practice. So it's going to keep you well informed of what you need to know and, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of open, but I think overall I would like to be in private practice. Private practice. Okay. So let's kind of rewind. I know we got a little bit of your future goals and what you're doing currently, but let's go back to where this all started and why and how you got into podiatry. When did you learn about it? Who told you about it? Or did you find out on your own? Yeah. So I, um, growing up, I, I played sports. Um, I was in a lot of activities and I, I knew I wanted to be in some sort of health profession. I just didn't really know what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then going through, you know, sports, I had a lot of injuries, like I had an ACL tear, a lot of meniscus tears. Um, I had a lot of shoulder injuries, um, all the ligaments in my thumb totally taken out. So I was in the injury setting quite often and mm -hmm. seeing a lot of doctors, seeing a lot of orthopedists. So I kind of, once those experiences happened, I knew I wanted to be in that aspect 
of the health profession. Yeah. And so when I went into undergrad at the University of Oklahoma, I knew, like I said, that I wanted to be in orthopedics, health profession, but I also wanted to be in a patient care setting. You know, I wanted to have a patient that I could see multiple times a day and I mean, multiple times, like uh, every month, you know? Yeah. So I kind of wanted to be in some sort of medicine too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I took the PA route. I was originally like pre-med, pre-PA. Yeah. Um, and I met with my advisor and we talked about it and she introduced me to podiatry. So I, I was like, oh, I don't really know much about it. I'm kind of interested and not really interested. And so I don't know. And then I went to back home um, a summer. I can't remember what summer it was, but I went home and I found a podiatrist in my hometown and I went and shadowed him for a week and I just fell in love with it. You know, yeah. um, doing the patient interactions that you have with a podiatrist and your patients, I think is part none to anything else, you know, yeah. orthopedists, they'll see a patient and usually don't really see them again or see them at surgery day. And that's it. So, yeah. but I think in a private practice, at least, you build that relationship with a patient in podiatry that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And not only are you doing the orthopedics aspect that I wanted to be in, you're also dealing with diabetics and the medicine of, of, you know, healthcare. Yeah. Um, so that's what really interests me in it. Yeah. So what I'm getting is that the patient care and the interaction with the patient, you know, daily or daily or monthly or weekly is this, is one of the things that kind of drew you to podiatry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And for those of you who may not know, you know, many of us think that podiatry is strictly just working on the toes or the nails or any kind of gangrene. And that's what most of us know. But there's a lot of different things that we do as podiatrists that we get uh, a scope to, like sports medicine. We work with geriatric patients, pediatric patients, and you're getting to see a lot of different people that you might not think you would necessarily see in that type of setting. But private practice also caters to that as well, because anyone can walk through your front door and you have to be taking care of them, too. Exactly. And that's the benefit of also having a private practice is at the beginning, you can see anything and everything. And then once you progress your private practice a little bit more, you can narrow it down to specifically what you want your practice to be. Um, and I think that's a, that's a huge perk. Definitely. So kind of going back to you talking about your days playing sports i know you're a triathlete baseball <laughs> basketball football i'm not sure did you play any other sports or uh no that's it i i attempted tennis back in the day and okay i didn't have the agility to to do tennis to do know. tennis I, I have yeah. bad knees so i i stuck with the three the three main sports um yeah that, that's pretty much it so tell me a little bit about what sports taught you as a person as an individual and even now as a student i know This is something that I got to say is that when I was with you for the fourth year, like you'd always be on time. You were disciplined. You always somehow got all your suturing done way before (laughs) everyone else. And I'd be still working on like the first one that Dr. Osting taught us. And, you know, some of the attributes that you would put to a person who goes through that kind of regimen through sports and everything is like precision, accuracy, you know, efficiency, all these things that kind of are important when you're on the field, but also important in the classroom and also important when you're a physician. So kind of tell us a little bit about that and how you are as an individual and how sports <laughs> shaped you into who you are. Um, yeah. So I think that my parents instilled that attitude in me 
growing up, you know, um, they always taught me to be on time and be early to places and have the best mentality of what you're doing because you never know what first impression you're going to be placing on someone. And I think that's one of my biggest fears is meeting somebody for the first time or doing something for the first time and having a bad impression. Um, so that's partly why I show up really early and try to have things done on time or even beforehand, because I never want to leave that attitude of me being, you know, that guy or yeah. something like that, you know? So, um, but sports, I, I think that how it'll affect me, how it does affect me as a student and how it will eventually affect me as a physician, I think it gives you the, the ability to work as a team because that's what healthcare is. Um, podiatry, you're not only just worrying about the feet, you're worrying about the whole body. You're not only just by yourself, you're also managed with family practitioners, you're, you're with everybody and you, you have to manage the patient as a whole and not just worry about their fee systems, you know, sy symptoms. Yeah. So, um, but, but sports specifically, you know, it, it gives you the drive because you always want to be the best at what you can be. And that pivots into podiatry by, I want to be the best physician that I can be for the patient's sake. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really how it developed me into being a better student and physician, you know? Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I mean, being an athlete and I know I played middle school sports. It wasn't anything great. My career got ended in eighth grade, not like yours or anything like that. But you know, when you're, when you're on the field, you want to be competitive. You want to be the best. You want to push yourself to highest potential you have but at the same time be someone who's humble be someone who can uh, lead and also be someone who can be an example to those around you so those are all characteristics I think you really need even in the medical field when you're working yeah. with patients when you're working with other physicians and even nurses you know nurses sometimes get this kind of feeling that hey you know our doctor kind of treats us like this but it's very important to be a physician that also has a good relationship with your nursing staff and also a good relationship with anyone on the team that's there so tell me a little bit about your experiences from first and second year when you were doing strictly classes and now transitioning into third and fourth year where you're getting to work in the clinic, in the hospitals and the transition and what you like about what you're doing now and kind of tell us if you feel that, okay, I made the right decision for me and I know that podiatry was for me and I'm genuinely happy. Well, just to answer that question right there, I mean, I I have not had one single doubt that podiatry is not for me. I I, I honestly think, wake up every day and I thank God that I was able to do this, you know, um, and it it just amazes me that I have gotten this far, you know, and the drive that my wife has given me and pushed me and supported me through the whole time. That that's really what what makes me keep going um and my faith you know and that's a huge aspect of my life yeah um but going back to first and second year now transition transitioning into third and fourth um i think you get in a routine of reading a textbook or reading the slides and you never really think about how that's going to interact with your third and fourth year clinical rotations mm -hmm. um so a, a thing that i struggled with i guess was not at the time as a first and second year trying to put that knowledge that I was learning into a patient care setting. And I think that that will benefit future students if they try to do that early on. Yeah. 
um, is think about uh, something that's going on and not even just podiatry stuff. I mean, anything that's like biochem or anything like that, because that stuff does come with you. Um, yeah. I mean, not the nitty and gritty of it, but yeah. the, the, the big stuff does come with you. <laughs> yeah. If you can somehow think about it at the time as a first and second year of how can I implement this into podiatry of what I'm going to be doing later on down the road, it, it might help you, you know, and I know yeah. as a first and second year, you don't really know. Um, but I think it, if you try, it, it could help you, you know? So, but yeah, and I think in a clinical, clinical setting now, um, I, I feel like you and I, and a lot of our students are, are well prepared, um, to take care of whatever's thrown at us. Yeah. Um, our school prepares us pretty well. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think we're good. Yeah, definitely. And that's the conversation I've actually had with a couple of first and second years. They're like, how do I prepare for the clinical exposure third and fourth year? And I'm like, you know, every time you get an opportunity to apply what you're learning, even though you might not be in a patient setting, do it because it'll help you when you go into a patient setting. And when you're working with a doctor or talking to a doctor, you've already done it and kind of set a foundation for yourself in your first and second year. And this might be podiatry related, but any field that you're in within the in within medicine, it's important that you apply what you learn immediately and trying to see how you would do it later on and how you would translate that into the clinical exposure of things. Yeah. So, yeah. And having, having a good support staff too, I think is huge. You know, we had our, our little group, the dirty nuggies, you know, we yeah. had our quiet, quiet study room uh, <laughs> group that, and one thing that we really did with well with each other is supported people and pushed them, pushed each other to be better. Definitely. Um, not letting people slack off before exams and not study for what needs to be studied for, you know? Yeah. And it also gives you that competition to say, you know, I don't want to beat you, but I also want to be at the same level as you. And it, it, it does it, it, it gets you more in a groove of studying and being well-prepared and on time and stuff like that. So having that great support system, like I did with my friends and you, obviously, um, as as a early on and even now is 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 huge. Definitely, and I mean, this is just my personal experience, and I know a lot of people at school can attest to it. When I see you guys, I know that you, we call you guys a quiet study room crew, <laughs> but when when we see you and the way you guys handle yourself, the way you guys do your thing and on time and you know push each other and help each other and kind of be examples to others in the school and even me, I'm like, okay, you know, I want to kind of emulate that kind of work ethic because I know I can be kind of procrastinating and slacking and, you know, hanging out in the back somewhere a little bit. But, you know, it kind of gives you that kind of push to be like, hey, there's people around you that are working hard and you need to do the same. You need to be at the same level as well. So appreciate you and your squad for doing that for us and for me <laughs> at least because I can see that. Um, so I know you mentioned uh, a little bit about your wife being a support system for you. And I know you told me that she's a nurse and tell me a little bit about that dynamic of things like you being a medical student, her being a nurse and how you guys have balanced the time together and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It really is. Uh, being a non-traditional student is, is tough. Um, cause you, you have somebody else you also have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's been great. She, she helps me through everything, you know, and yeah. it, oh, we've had a lot of nights where I'm just reading something and talking out loud and she's just listening to me, you know, and yeah. I, I am very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's tough cause she works 12 hour shifts. She's a nurse. So somebody has to cook dinner at home. So yeah. 
um, when she works, I'm at home cooking dinner. And then when <laughs> I have to stay out late, she has to cook dinner. So, you yeah. know, it, it just, but it works, you know, and I, I like, I could never go through this and do all of that without her. And it, it's, it's nice. And we're expecting a baby on the way in October. So, I mean, we're, we're ecstatic. Yeah. So. Congratulations on that. I actually saw that on Facebook and I never got a yeah. chance to congratulate you. So congrats on that to you and your wife. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. We're very excited. Yeah, definitely. That'll, that'll be a new integral part into your family. So you got to find a balance with, with the baby and everything as well too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm glad that it's a two way street. You know, you both understand each other. You both understand what your feels entail and mm-hmm. who knows, maybe in the future you guys work together. I don't know. But I don't know if I could pay her that much. She's pretty, <laughs> pretty hefty on the price. On salary, yeah, you know, definitely. So. But um, so thank you, man, for sharing a little bit about your journey and, you know, where you started in podiatry, where you are now and who you've become as a student and who you aspire to be as a physician later on. And we, I, like I said, I learned a lot from you just looking at you and the example that you lead by. And something that you guys as listeners should remember as well, too, is to always put in the time, put in the effort do what you need to do and the results will always be rewarding. I'm sure he found the results to be rewarding on the field and off the field now in class and in the hospital and clinics as well. And one thing, always, always, always make sure you're punctual, make sure you leave a good first impression, impression, like Chris said. So that goes a long way into making a difference about how people look at you and how people uh, perceive you. So now we've come into the session, which I like to call as rapid fire question session. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. So first question I always got to ask is what's your favorite bone in the foot? Um, I'd say my probably my favorite would be the calcaneus. Um, for this reason only pretty much. It, it slams and hits the ground on every step, but yeah. it always, you know, comes back fighting. Um, All right. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't waver. Yeah. You know? so, it doesn't it give up. The brute. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. So what about your favorite muscle in the foot? Oh, my favorite muscle, um, probably probably posterior tib. Posterior probably tib, posterior okay. Tib. Yeah, just you know, that's my favorite muscle. I don't <laughs> that's know why favorite. it just is. All right, okay. So those are a little bit of the school-related questions I have for you. But you know, like I said, I've uh, seen you walk into school with some swag, with some style, <laughs> rocking the Patagonia and rocking some Brooks. Uh, so I got to ask you: Do you ever? see yourself being a model for either of those companies because i think you should but i don't know i just want to know what you think you know it's never out of the question i I would not (laughs) turn it down if that opportunity came um i do love my brooks uh there's something that just special about those shoes and it's crazy because i didn't even know about them until i got out of podiatry school but i wear them every day now so yeah but hey you know if it comes it comes definitely i mean podiatrist Brooks and shoes. I mean, what's better than that? Am I right? That's right. And throw Patagonia in there a little bit too. Yeah, there you go. So I know we talked a little bit about uh, your football career. Uh, I know you're a quarterback. So who is your football inspiration and what you what got you into football? Uh, I have to say probably Brett Favre. Um, Brett Favre. I don't know. Yeah, I I just I, I remember that when I think of young football memories, I remember sitting on the couch with my dad and just watching old Brett Favre games you yeah. know and the way he would just sling the football around and throw it behind his back and you know do the shovel pass it just is there something about it just that's why who i always wanted to be um, yeah I'm on the field you know and i never got to that level obviously but <laughs> um, that's who i always aspired to be hey you could be taking care of the next Brett Favre. i don't know who knows that's right you never know <laughs> 
All right. So last question I got for you is what's your favorite thing to do in Cleveland, Ohio? Oh, my favorite thing to do in Cleveland, Ohio is probably uh, go to the Metro Parks. Yeah. Um, go on walks with my wife and our dog is is awesome. We love the Metro Parks, Definitely. especially when the weather's nice. Uh, I'm from Texas, so I'm not used to having 70 to 80 degree weather yeah. um, during the summertime. I usually get we're usually in the hundreds yeah. and humid <laughs> and gross. And every time you walk outside, you have drenched sweat on you. But yeah. um, this is something we really enjoy here because the weather's almost always perfect. So Definitely. yeah, the Metro parks are awesome. Yeah. If you guys are ever in the Cleveland area, make sure you check out the Metro parks. I'm not endorsing them or anything like that because there might be a bear out there. Just kidding. But <laughs> you guys can always take walks. It's always fun. There's always Edgewater beach as well too, which is a great hangout spot. But yep. Thanks, Chris, for joining me today and kind of sharing your journey, your story, your experiences into who you are now. And I wish you nothing but the best in fourth year and hope you land the residency that you want to go to and where you want to settle later on in the future. Any last words or last piece of advice that you want to give to the listeners before we wrap this up? Just keep pushing. Just do the best you can. And that's that's pretty much it, you know, and if you're doing the best you can and that's all, then that's that you're going to be fine. So yeah, um, that's the way I live is do everything as best that you can physically and emotionally and personally. So that's, that's, that's it. Um, and I thank you for doing this. This is awesome. Um, it's going to reach a lot of students and a lot of people out there and it's going to motivate them and impact their life somehow one way or another. So yeah, I, I think this is, this is awesome thing you're doing. Definitely. Thanks, man. Thanks for the support as well, too. I know when the first episode dropped, you were one of the first people to text me as well. So I appreciate that and looking forward to maybe getting you back on here later on. In oh, the future. Anytime. I will do this anytime. <laughs> and we don't have to talk about that. We talk about anything and everything. Definitely. Right? We might have to talk about sports next time too. Just that That's aspect right. of it. So thank you again. Thank you listeners for tuning in. Uh, It's been a fun episode. Learned a lot. Hope you learned as well too. And always maximize your potential. Don't leave anything short and work hard. Do what you need to do. Thank you guys and see you soon. Peace.